So with that this morning, I'm going to take her, her, the first testimony from Brother Vadim. He's going to come up and tell you what Jesus is, is doing in his life right now. All right, let's put our hands together for Brother Vadim. Amen. My name is Vadim, I'm 55. I was born in Azerbaijan, it's a former Soviet Republic, a very small, beautiful country. And um, I was born in Christian family, Orthodox family. And I was saved when I was a child. And, uh, First, I will say what God did for me and then how I respond to him. So everything was for me in my family, in my country. Everything was given me in a church, in a school, uh, in university. I was a professional sportsman, archer. I was in army. Everything was for me. Then we moved uh, in, in Russia, in Moscow region, I was, uh, I found the uh, Soviet Union was collapsed. So it was now different countries, Azerbaijan and Russia. So I went in different, absolutely country. So, and as usual, everything was for me. I found the house, I found a job for all my family. And uh, I was Christian, but my heart wasn't given 100% to him. And uh, everything was all right, everything was good, everything was perfect, but one day somebody knocked on my door and the Bible said a certain man appeared and he said, your wife, your beautiful wife, she's dead on the road, so I can drive you. So, and he was a little bit drunk. And it was 25, 30 minutes, I don't remember how long it took. I was praying, I was praying in tongues. I didn't know about what pray, but I just remember I said, God, I'll give you all my life, everything what you want I will do for you. Just give me my wife. Give me back. So I found her alive. It was car accident, not car, that was accident. So doctor said she all, all her life she will suffer, but thanks God, she's all right. Then God said, uh, doctor said her legs will be amputated. Thanks God, nothing happened. Now she's working as bus driver here in London. So, but problem was that time, she, she can't walk properly because it was really very bad, bad accident. And uh, my responsibility at my kids, my wife in new country, as I said. And then God called me and very clear, he said, now I give you everything you want. I give you wife back, so will you keep your word and go back in another country in Bible college and finish it? And all my family, Christian family, they were thinking something wrong with me. But I said, I, prom I promise God I have to complete this job. So 100% I was 
dedicated to him. I finished Bible college. I started church in Moscow region after that. I was working with, uh, for me, it was my best teachers from Bible college. It was Rick Renner, Marilyn Hickey, Kenneth Copeland. I was working with them. I distributed the video, audio tapes through all former Soviet Union. And everything was successful. Everything was good. And my wife was miraculously healed by God. Now she's walking properly. And God told me, come here in England. And I come with all my family here. We started church and we started work in Church of England. My brother now priest in Church of England. I started another church and planted another church. And last drop was, I was proclaimed one of the best Russians in the United Kingdom because I did a lot of cultural events. And, uh, now, uh, as you understand, it's too many. I did, I, 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 I did, I did from my childhood. I, because everything was easy for me. I would become very proud. And I thought that God so loves me, I can do everything. So in one day, one evening, I, with my friends and friends, for the first time I drink a little bit alcohol. It was good. Just one problem, next morning I didn't pray because I was a little bit drunk. And then again, after a few times, and again, and again, and again, and again, it wasn't just in one second, I found myself drunk completely without family. It took time. And, but really, I found myself after one time, I, I didn't keep my word to him. I start to drink and then smoke. And then other things, that means for man, it's woman. And I found myself alone in my house with bottles of vodka and my brother and my mom. They were sending by God. And I said, I need, I need help. I need help. I'm dying. I'm dying physically. I'm dying spiritually. And my brother, I asked him, can you give me some advice? I need some private clinic. I need maybe doctor or something, rehabilitation center. I will pay any money, so I don't want to die because I'm not afraid to die. I, I don't want to leave my kids without my, my older mom, my dad. And my brother is a neighbor, he's priest in Church of England, was leader of this Teen Challenge London. I didn't know that. And my brother said, I know that doctor and friend and rehabilitation center, everything what you need. And I met Javier, who is the leader of Teen of Challenge. The God, he, he knows everything. He's doing everything for us before we even start to think about it. And I met him and I said, I have this problem. 
He said, your place in Teen Challenge. A teen Challenge. As I said, I was teen, but I'm 55. And <laughs> no, but I very clearly remember, I was a child, I was a teen, but I'm 55, and being Teen Challenge, about Teen Challenge I knew about and heard about it. it I, I wrote books you can find there in this hall, in your hall, uh, uh, Cross and Switchblood. I read it 30 years ago probably, maybe more. I saw the movie. Uh, this movie was shown by our church in Russia, free, in, in cinemas. So I, I, I didn't expect I'll be the president in this rehab. But now I'm here. Eman, I give you my testimony. God so loved us. He gave us free will. And my, my free will was serve him or not serve him and serve him again and leave it and do everything I want. And he gave me enough time to understand this is wrong. My will should be his will. Now, I found that he found me again. And I believe he will found me again and again, but I don't want to do it again. Here in Teen Challenge, it's God's place for me. I didn't realize it in first day, in second day, maybe in third and fourth months. But last week I prayed, it was something from me, from Bible. It says, one day in Teen Challenge, much better than thousand days he was drunk in your house. Only one thing I wanna say, God doing great job in my life. Yesterday, I saw my mom, my dad, one of my daughters, it was a great time. We believe very often that God gave us salvation, yes and amen, yes. He gave us everything what we need, yes and amen. But in Second Samuel chapter one, verse 19, 25, 27, you remember when Saul died in battle, David crying about him. It's Holy Spirit crying about him. It says, how the how a mighty fallen. Sometimes we think we're so strong in God, he will forgive us everything, he will. But if our strength, it's our strength, not his strength, we will fallen like Saul. He lost everything, but thanks God, the Jesus Christ, he same yesterday, today and forever. And he saved me. If, if it needed, he will come back again and die for me. But now I decide to better I die for you. Thanks God for everything. Thanks for your spare time to listen to my testimony. Thanks, God, for everything. Amen. Okay, I'm going to take a second testimony. Daniel will tell you what Jesus is doing in his, in his life right now. Good morning, church. Thanks for having us here this morning. Amen. My name is Daniel. I'm 34 years of age. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm from a place called Leon C in Essex. 
Um, not everyone knows Leon C, but I spoke to, to Pastor Gary this morning. He said he loves Leon C. So we have a nice connection there. I love Leon C and I can't wait to get back. Amen. So um, I just want to give you a, a brief testimony, a bit about my background um, and then how I ended up coming into Teen Challenge. Um, like Vadim, it's quite unique that I find myself in a, in, in a rehab center. I, I served God like Vadim did for many years. Um, I was saved uh, back in 2003, so almost 16 years, you know, I was a believer and I served the Lord before my life very, very quickly went downhill and, and I really needed rehabilitation. Um, my life was characterized up until probably about six months ago by rejection. Um, my mother, um, for, for whatever reason, left me at the hospital when I was born. She didn't have the means or the capacity at the time to take care of me. Um, my natural father also had other plans as well. So even though I was too young to comprehend it at that time, I believe that a, a spiritual kind of root of rejection began to kind of spring up within me. When I look back with the revelation that I have now, all of the decisions I made in my life, the jobs I chose, the people I hung around with, even the, the marriage partner that I chose... I was doing all of those things through the lens of rejection. It characterized every single aspect of my life, including the way that I served God for 16 years. Um, when, you have, when you are a rejected person and you don't understand um, that a heavenly father has accepted you, when you don't understand that, it brings an identity crisis. And so the reason I did drugs in my teenage years, the reason I, I ran from here and there and trying to, trying to find pleasure in those things was because I really did not know who I was. Um, to make it worse, when I found out about my father, he was a very successful man. Um, he has an MBE. He's met the Queen several times. Um, he, he was in the Falklands. He was in the Royal Motorcycle Display Team. All these kind of things, like a, a real pillar of the community. Yet all I knew was somebody that didn't want me. That was the only aspect of him that I knew. On my mother's side of the family, I, I, it was kind of a very, very criminal family. Both of my brothers are in and out of jail. Um, one of my brothers is in jail at the moment for attempted murder. There's a lot of drugs, weapons, and things. So I find myself in the middle in this very, very strange polar opposites. I didn't know who I was. I got powerfully saved when I was 18 years of age at a gospel concert in Leon C. Um, the Lord really took me at a point where I was considering taking my life, um, was, was really, really depressed, didn't know what was going on. And I got powerfully saved. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, began to attend a church. And what I did, which I now see as a mistake, was throw myself into works, throw myself into ministry. Instead of addressing the, the bottom of the iceberg, I began to look at the, the top of the iceberg, which were the symptoms, drinking, partying, smoking, sex outside of marriage. These things I thought, well, I don't do these anymore, so everything must be okay. So because the surface problems had changed, I thought that there'd been a healing. And I went along in that deception for around 16 years. Um, God still used me powerfully. The Bible says the gifts of God are without repentance. You know, if he puts something in you, he'll use it. I began singing um, for the Lord in, in gospel concerts, doing world evangelism, um, pioneered a church with my wife um, in Billericay, Essex. And um, underneath all that, though, was uh, some real, real problems were bubbling up. 
Um, eventually, if you don't deal with, with these roots, they will come to the surface. And the reason that it came to the surface was that God wanted to heal me. At the time, I saw my life beginning to fall apart. My wife left me um, around a year ago now. And I, I started to look at all of these things and think, wow, my life really is falling apart. But now I see that God was allowing these things to come to the surface because of his goodness, because he wanted me completely whole. He wanted me completely um, with no identity crisis, knowing who I am. Um, I just want to read a short passage of scripture which explains where I was at. In Luke 15, 4 to 8, it says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays on his shoulders, he lays it on his shoulders, sorry, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. A couple of verses down, the parable of the lost coin again. And what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? So the Lord revealed something very powerful to me about how I ended up being lost. First of all, I was in the house. I was in the house of God. And I was a silver coin. I was like that coin that had, was still in the house, but I was lost. And I didn't know I was lost. I spent 16 years in God's house serving him, but not knowing that I was completely lost within myself. I didn't know who I was. But then eventually that begins to, to go to the sheep syndrome, where I made a, a decision to walk away. So the sheep knew that it was lost, but it started in the house. And that's why I want to bring maybe a sober encouragement to us that, you know, these things can begin in the house. Um, thank God that he laid me on his shoulders um, and brought me back. He, he used Teen Challenge to do that. I don't think there could have been any other environment in the world that could have done what needed to be done in my heart. I needed to be taken away from my responsibilities. I needed to be taken away from my business, from my home, from mortgage, bills, family, so that I could just have a real rest and a real time of just being with the Lord and being very real about what was going on in my heart. Because these, you can get so busy in life and you look at the bank balance, it looks healthy, you think you're healthy. But it's so far from the truth. Um, just to finish... Um, so God has powerfully delivered me. I've been in Teen Challenge for six months now. Um, really excited to go back into the ministry in God's timing. Really excited to give everything back to him. Um, going back to the father issue, I want to read a declaration that the Lord brought me back to that I wrote two weeks after being in Teen Challenge. So on the 2nd of February, I wrote it in the, the start of my Bible. I hope this will help somebody. It says, I am grateful... And I am glad and I rejoice that my earthly father didn't want to know me and that I have never known him. Why? It does seem a strange thing to be grateful for, doesn't it? But this is why. Because of my earthly father's rejection, I have only experienced a perfect father. I have only experienced perfect love, perfect acceptance. My heavenly father wanted me for himself without any competition. Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, so how you had Daniel um, is, is giving you the key to everything. You know, he was wounded. His soul was wounded. 
You know, when there is soul wounds, we need to be healed, healed of that. Because outside of that, he's saying to you, I was doing all those things. In fact, he even moved into, I call it, into, into religion. And there is a difference between religion and Christianity. Let's make that clear here this, this, this morning. I, I, I believe strongly that religion is man-made. What man believes that he could do for, for God. Man is always trying to appease God. If I do this, I will have favor with God. Whereby Christianity is what? Done, done, done. It's already done. Jesus has already finished it. So all we have to do is to step into it and, and, and walk into it. So by doing all those things, some people believe like, they, hey, I, I, God will appease me. If I do this, do this, do this, do that. You know, not, not realizing it is not in your doing, but it's in your being. It's, like a, it's all about who you are in Christ. It's about your identity in Christ this afternoon. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm significant. I'm secure. I'm the child of God. When I begin to stand on the word of God, it changes everything. So what I believe is very powerful. <laughs> you understand? And, and, and that's where God is at work. You know what I'm saying? The spirit of God had to come in and start, start healing. You know, but it's a very uncomfortable, painful sort of process. But once the Holy Spirit takes over, you know what I'm saying? He's a true healer, a helper, a friend, a comforter. He does all those type of work. And we thank God for what he's doing. So what I'd like to do right now, I'm, I'm, I'm quite aware of time, is to make a quick appeal to you in terms of um, the way you could support the Teen Challenge ministry. In fact, there are three ways you could support the ministry. Number one is, is through prayers. Key. Because Teen Challenge is on the forefront of what goes out there. We go into the deep, dark places to pull men and women out of darkness. There is that scripture in 1 Peter 3.12 which says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to our prayer. So simply that tells me when we pray, guess what? God hears our, our prayers. So we are always looking for men and women to stand in the gap to intercede. If you have that passion, that desire, that fervency to reach out, I want to encourage that here this, this, this morning, to stand in the gap with us, you know, because there is, there is a lot of work to be done out there. You know, there is a, a lot of people, thousands or millions who are lost out there. Whose responsibility it is? Let me tell you one thing. It is not Jesus' responsibility anymore because he's commanded us to do what? To go, to go out there. To reach out to the, to the loss. You see, when we don't go, he's not angry at us. It saddens him. Because it means we are not fulfilling our calling and, and purpose in the, in the kingdom of, of God. Secondly, um, through, um, if you want to do support the ministry, you could do that through voluntary work. Jesus made this radical revolutionary statement. He said the harvest is what? Plentiful. But the laborers are a few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will do what? Will send laborers into the harvest. So we are always looking for, for laborers. For, from what you've heard here this morning, if you really feel in your heart, you have that sort of a passion. You need to be passionate. A passion, a desire, and a fervency for the, for the things of God this morning. We are always looking for volunteers. No matter how far you might think you are. You know what I'm saying? God is in it. So we have a table out there. Then you could, you know, um, come up to us afterwards and then we will uh, register you if, you if you want to go on the bus or do whatever it is, you know, get a day's training. You know, but then you need to have that passion and fervency. And the third and final way is um, if you want to support the ministry, it's financial. Um, about 
12 years ago, um, the government took away the funding from Tin Challenge, which was 300,000 pounds. Um, what happened? People from the DSS came into Tin Challenge, and they saw that lectern. Pastor, uh, Pastor Hansen, where you preach from. So they asked Javier, what do we use that for? Javier, the director, says, that's where the word of God is being ministered from. And they said to Javier, that, well, you need to allow Buddhists or Muslims to come and, and minister. And Javier said, no, 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 we don't have a problem in them coming on to the program to do the program. Because just down the road from us, there is a big mosque, and the imam, his son, has been to Tin Challenge three times. Nobody knows that. He knows it's only through Jesus his son could be set free from heroin. So as a result, the funding was, was taken. And, and I thank God for Javier. He did not compromise the word of God. Because a lot of the other, other organizations which has taken many, you know, they are not allowed to minister the word of God. And Javier wouldn't allow that. One of the men who comes onto this program to receive the gospel, the true gospel of, of Jesus Christ. So as a result, that, that, that was taken away from us. But I thank God because we've had to go to the body of Christ. And at that time, we were about nine beds. Today, we are 28. And it is through you, the body of Christ, which supports the, 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 the ministry. So, so we, are, we, are, we are flourishing in that sense. So if there's anybody who wants to support, you know, we only ask for a minimum of 10 pounds a month. And if you do that through direct debit, we give you today a free copy of the, of the cross and the switchblade, the story of Teen Challenge, as you heard. You know, so I want to thank God for you in, a, in, a, in advance and let the Spirit um, just take you wherever he, he wants you. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to call my wife. She might have just 15 minutes to um, minister the word to you. My wife is part of the team for the last eight years, so wherever we go, we tend to share the, um, you know, the, the messages, you know, ministering and, and stuff. So it's her turn this, this morning. The only thing I'm going to say, if you leave here feeling guilty or condemned, she has not preached the gospel. And remember that, you know, because the gospel is good news. So um, I hand over to you, so okay. Uh, good morning, church. What a pleasure it is to be here this morning. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. You are with us. Your spirit, your Holy Spirit never leaves us, never forsakes us. Prepare our hearts today, Lord, to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel I just need to remind us of the seed, the sower sows the seed, that parable. Um, it talks about the condition of the heart that is able to bear fruit. And one of the things, uh, there are a few things that it says. It says that, you know, the ground can be hard sometimes. Our hearts can be hard and the word won't go in. So let's just check our hearts right now. Are, we, are our hearts soft enough to receive the word of God? Just think about that. The next thing we need to do is receive the word with joy and keep it. And there are a few things that challenge us to keep it. We can get offended at the word when there's a little trial to test whether we really believe. So when you go away from here today, you might have a, a test. A test from the word that I've shared with you. A test from the word that God has put in your heart as to whether you really believe it. Is it true? The Bible says that if you're offended by that test, you'll let the word go and you won't keep the word. The other thing that happens with the word is that the cares of this life can come in and choke the word so that it doesn't bear any fruit. So again, God may speak to you today. There may be something you go, yes, that's for me. But you're going to go out from here and you're possibly going to be tested and you're possibly going to have a lot of things suddenly happening in your life that's trying to squeeze that word out of you, trying to take your focus and trying to take you away 
from running with that word. But it talks also in Luke and Matthew and Mark about the person that's able to hold on to that word, retain it, keep it, don't let it go, that they're able to bear fruit 30, 60, or 100-fold. Um, I was praying, I pray about what to speak about with every church that I go to, and uh, I find myself repeating a message that I shared last week. So God obviously wants to say the same thing around, um, maybe, maybe this will happen more than once. I want to read a couple of scriptures very quickly. Matthew 16, verses 21 to 27. Matthew 16, 21 to 27. That is, I'll read it very quickly. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels and then he will reward each according to his works. The next scripture I'd like to read is in Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians. Um, 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 3, verses 5 to 15. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which I laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, 
he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as though through fire. Um, I read these two scriptures because I really wanted to share a message about purpose, about the fact that we were all sent here for a purpose. I don't know if it resonates with you, but um, it's very clear in the Bible, isn't it, that Jesus said over and over again, I'm here for a purpose. He said that, didn't he? I was finding a lot of scriptures about that. There's Matthew, Mark, John. He talks about, I have come, I have come, I have come. The Lord has sent me. He said, um, there's one um, that sticks out. Um, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Yes? Do you remember that one? But also another one sticks out in uh, 1 John. 1 John um, chapter, chapter 3, I think it is, um, verse 8. It says, for this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Yes? So he's very clear that he came here for a purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. But the scripture also talks about God sending people for different purposes. So you, you look at John, um, John uh, who, who came before, John who witnessed for Jesus. It says here in chapter 1, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, and all through him, and, all th and that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness, to bear witness of that light. Jeremiah talks about it, doesn't he? Before I was in the womb, you knew me, yes, and sent me. So over and over in the scripture, we could go in here and we could find lots of evidence that God sends us for a purpose. God is very clear about that in the word. I just want to encourage you to think about that for a moment. If God sent you for a purpose, are you doing it? Have you done it? Are you in the middle of it? Have you started it? Have you grasped it? Have you understood it? It's quite a challenge, isn't it? It's quite a challenge because we get on with daily life. We get busy with daily life. We're doing what everybody's doing. We're going to work. We're, we're coming home. We're looking after the children. We're feeding the children. We're go, going to bed. We're getting up. We're going to work. But I'm asking you in the next week or so to stop and check. Why was I sent? What is my purpose? Am I doing it? Because it's very clear in the word that we have to build on the foundation of Christ with gold and silver and precious stones and not anything else. That means we need to be doing what he asked us to do. Because when he comes, there is judgment, not only for the sinner, but he will judge our works. Those works will go into a fire. And they will burn them up. And if there's anything left, we'll get a reward. But he's very clear. Some of us will not get a reward. Because we were building on the foundation of our faith in Christ incorrectly. Maybe we got too busy with our business. Maybe we got distracted with some other thing. But I, I'm just encouraging you, church. God wants you to finish and he wants you to finish well. He wants you to finish well. 
And when you find your purpose, believe you me, such joy, such satisfaction will come to your life. Such energy, such provision. There's a term that I've heard recently called, he gives you provision for the vision. There's provision for the vision. So in your heart, he's spoken and he said something. I did this illustration last week and I'd just like to trial it again just to help you understand that, um, how God sent you here. So if anybody would like to help me, can you just put your hand up? Just one person, I need one person just to wave at me. Thank you, sir, thank you. So would you like to stand? What's your name? Gareth. Okay, Gareth. I believe God releases breath of life when he sends you, yeah? When he sent you into the womb of your mother, he released his life unto you, okay? So we're going to do a little illustration. I'm going to speak to you as God. You're going to sit down, and that is going to denote that you are in your mother's womb, okay? Once he sits down, I want you all to start talking as loud as you can possibly talk, okay? And then I want you to stand up. Okay, at some point when they're talking, I want you to stand up. Okay, and keep talking when he stands up. Okay, everybody know what they're going to do? Yeah? Okay. Gareth, I send you to the earth to speak my truth to youth all over the land. You'll travel far and wide and your feet will be swift to share my gospel to youth, young men, young women everywhere in the world. Go. All right, thank you. You couldn't hear me. Why couldn't you hear me, Gareth? Exactly. Did you know that babies can hear in the womb from about six months old? It happened to John. John was six months, he was in the womb when Mary went to see Elizabeth. And when he heard her voice, he jumped because he heard. From six months old, you've been hearing noise. You've been hearing a lot of stuff that's been perhaps distracting your minds. Then you come out into the world and you're hearing more noise. And I'm telling you, that actually mutes the voice of God. You'll begin to forget what he sent you here for. It becomes a distant, distant thing you can't even relate to. You get caught up in the pattern and the rhythm of life, and you've forgotten why he sent you here. Church, I want to encourage you to spend time with Holy Spirit and say, Lord, why did you send me? But for parents, it's clear he wants you to bring up your children in a particular way. He says, teach them my word by the way, when you rise up, when you lie down, when you're walking, when you're talking. 
So parents, you know this is part of your mission. You know you need to share the word. You know you need to demonstrably show how to serve the Lord. You know you're to be a disciple. We know that too. All of us know we're to be a disciple. We know that portion. So what's a disciple? A person of discipline. They're disciplined because they're disciplined about praying, about seeking the Lord. They're disciplined about staying in the word. They're disciplined about seeking God for their answers when they come across difficult situations. They're disciplined about tuning in. They're tuning in with the help of Holy Spirit. They are tuning in. So church, some of you are intercessors. Some of you the Lord has asked and sent you here to pray, to pray a lot. Not your average prayer, to pray a lot. Some of you are called to be teachers of the word. Some of you are called to be in the marketplace, making money, making money for the gospel's sake. And you're supposed to do that with excellence. And I'm not saying that everybody that's in their job right now is in the right job. You might not be in the right job. Now, I'm not trying to bring an upset. I just feel that it's important that we take time just to do a bit of alignment with the Holy Spirit. Really important. And I just challenge you, age doesn't matter doesn't matter how old you are. The Lord still used Caleb, but what age was he? He was quite old, wasn't he? Caleb, you know, it doesn't matter. He's not, he's not, he's not hindered by your age. He just wants to encourage you that he has a purpose for you. He sent you here for it. And if you ask Holy Spirit, he'll make sure he'll, he'll share with you what that is. And oh, what joy you will find as you yield and obey. In Jesus' name, amen.